everybody, and welcome to episode 55 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan, and joining me tonight, we have Ash Collins and Mark Nadu. Ash, how are things going this evening? Oh, they are peachy. Excellent. And how about you, Mark? How are you doing? Good. One more film after this week. That's right. There's only one more Saw movie after this week. <laughs> <laughs> Getting close to the end of our, our Saw series arc, but before we reach that final movie, we do have to talk about Saw 6 tonight. But before that, let's jump right in and talk about some updates, if there are any, to be shared at least, of our Cinefession Summer Screams Challenge 5. So, Ash... Looks like you had watched a couple alien films in your Star Trek episodes. How much further have you made in your progress? Now, just to remind people, you were trying to do the 50 episode of Star Trek Next Generation, Alien Quadrilogy, and The Thing. Have you uh, have you yet completed your challenge? I have not. Okay. I know. So I only have like today days. and tomorrow. So right. <laughs> so what uh, did you get to do any more uh, watching this past week at all? I ended up. Uh, playing quite a bit online my wife and i did like a binge on uh the west wing um just for the hell of it one day uh but i did finish we finished off the first season of ajin on netflix uh that was fantastic and they they leave it hanging but there's a second season that's supposed to to come out this year uh Mm -hmm. so that'll be awesome is that based off the wrestler ajin the african dream no (laughs) no it is not Okay, just it's ask. it's based off the Japanese manga, but you know it, that could have been. <laughs> oh, so he wasn't with Big Boss Man. Okay, no, yeah. gotcha. Oh, that guy is like, if he's still alive. Last I heard, he was um, like his legs were cut off. He's like a w- double amputee. Really? Yeah. Oh, Isn't that crazy. Ah, uh, yeah. Because how is he supposed to get off the top rope, or even like <laughs> climb up to the top rope? I know. Those, Clearly, those, he's not doing that anymore. Those are not nub accessible. <laughs> oh, man. And what about you, Mark? Where do you stand on your backlog challenge? Last time we spoke, you were 21 in of 30. Where do you stand today? I have and we are recording on the 29th of June at this point. I have two more to go. Excellent. It's, it's so. so close. I can taste it. Yeah. You know? Um, mm-hmm. now I know Doug Benson, uh, on his podcast, Doug loves movies. He does mm-hmm. like a movie a day challenge. I cannot fathom doing that challenge. I'm actually having difficulty doing this one. Um, just because I kind of handcuffed myself on only DVDs that I've <laughs> owned for a long period of time, at least a mm-hmm. few years. Um, so yeah, um, s- s- some of the films I've picked, uh, are, are great. Some not so much. Uh, but yeah, I have two more to go. Um, so probably after I record tonight, I am going to do watch another one and then um, hopefully finish tomorrow. And yeah, then I can, I'm set free to watch things on Blu-ray that don't involve Jigsaw. I can jump on my next flicks uh, because I know my list has grown so much with its inactivity. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm actually quite excited that uh, tomorrow or in two days is July 1st. <laughs> right. Yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So did you watch anything this past week from the challenge that was worth talking about or the week prior? 
Well, I'm gonna. I'll go through a bunch that uh, because again, um, you know, I've got only two to go, and I've only talked about a few so far. Yeah. So I'm gonna cut it up with the next few episodes about yeah. what was good, what wasn't. Um, I won't go in depth just because of the amount of films I have to talk about. <laughs> um, so starting uh, today, um, first one would be Parasite from 1982. Um, I got this DVD in a Anchor Bay six-pack. Um, <laughs> it looked like a six-pack of beer, but had six movies in it, all based on the same theme. So this oh. was about animals. Okay. Um, so Parasite. The big selling point of this film, it's Demi Moore's first movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's her first. Uh, well, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's, I would say her, she's got a star role, but she's got a pretty decent uh, part in it. Mm-hmm. Now, also, it's an Empire film which means that the Band Brothers were involved. And this was directed by Charles Band, who is eventually, uh, he became uh, the full moon guy. Right. He did all the Puppet Master movies and whatnot. So it's like pre-Asylum bad. Um, <laughs> this movie is not good. Uh, <laughs> it's really not good at all. It's slow. Um so the story, I'm, I'm going I'm to read the summary from uh, IMDb. Just, oh, this is way too long. Okay, so long story short, <laughs> I'm not reading a whole paragraph. So this guy, he works for a big company, like, you know, think like a global chem type of company that controls almost everything. It's in a dystopian future, kind of Mad Max-ish. People live in like desert towns because water is pretty much gone to shit. Um, he creates, I, I honestly can't recall why, just because I... I was mind-numbingly bored by this movie. Uh, <laughs> creates a parasite. Maybe it's supposed to be a savior to a disease. I don't recall. But he gets infected by the parasite. And now he's trying to stop the parasite from continuing in, on its metabolism to grow inside his body. Because, it's, it's again, it's inside his body type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, there's two. So one gets loose. So starts killing people in the town. And some, like, new wavy punks are involved. And, yeah, it's... <laughs> It's, it's just not good. It's like, I believe it's like one of those films that was like made overseas and then um, was like redubbed because the sound is horrible. Oh, yeah. It doesn't sound like the main actor's voice. Uh, well, the star of the film was a Robert uh, Gladini, um, which I don't recognize him for any of the movies. But yeah, most of the cast and crew have uh, uh, surnames ending with the with the uh, vowel I. So, you know, it's probably an Italian shoot. Um, it, it's kitsch. Is it good? No. Could it be fun if you're drinking with friends? No, it still isn't. It's <laughs> it, 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 it was boring. I did not enjoy it at all. So from that, I'm going to move on. It's only an hour and 25 minutes. It felt like an hour and 26. It was not good. Now, from bad to good. So I've got the Angel Trilogy on uh, DVD. So Angel 1, Angel 2, Angel 3. If you're not familiar with the series, Angel 1 is about this girl that's in high school. Um, She's a high school student by day and she's a prostitute by night in Hollywood. (laughs) Awesome, right? Well, well, at the the end, well, okay. (sighs) I don't want to spoil, but this is a spoilery podcast, so whatever. So at the end of Angel 1, she gets off the streets, but with the help of a police lieutenant that takes her under his wing. Mm-hmm. Angel 2, she's in college, and bad guys on the street kill that police officer that helped her all those years ago. 
that she kept in touch with. So now she goes back on the streets to try to avenge his death and find out who killed him. Awesome. And on top of that, it stars Betsy Russell, who's been in all the Saw movies as Jigsaw's wife. So it's like a, oh. it's a young Betsy Russell. Um, she's I, I think she's she's good looking in, in the Saw movies. Even yeah. though the Saw films are shot kind of gross and whatnot, I yeah. think she, I find her attractive. Um, she is drop dead gorgeous in Avenging Angel. Really? Oh my god, yes, she is gorgeous. I would love a one sheet of this poster. I actually have a one sheet of Angel Three undercover, which I will talk about next time on Cinefessions. Um, but <laughs> yeah, this one is from '85. Um, it, it, it's it's fantastic. It's fun for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's any nudity, and I don't think there is for a film of this nature because it, it's not it's not an exploitation film anymore. Now it's more of a crime thriller, but involves prostitution. She's no longer a teen. Now she's in college. She's going to try to be a logger. <laughs> okay, whatever. But uh, <laughs> you know. Um, and if I remember correctly, in this film, I'm just going to pop up on the uh, on MDB. Uh, there is a character. Yes. <laughs> so there is a character in this movie who's a witness to the death of the police officer. Um, mm-hmm. he's by act- the actor who plays him is Barry Pearl. And he plays a character called, uh, Johnny Glitter. So <laughs> he's an effeminate male prostitute, but for some reason, his pocket, like, oh, and plus, you know, he's got, like, rainbow makeup and whatever, you know. So, he's, he, he got the 80s glam factor um, yeah. with just the effeminacy of a, of a gay male prostitute. And his big, <laughs> like, gimmick is glitter. So, he throws glitter all over the place. He's got pockets <laughs> full of glitter. And, like, they're being chased by these bad guys. And he has to throw glitter, <laughs> you know. Because <laughs> I guess that's his, like, that's his, like, defensive mechanism. So, when he's mm-hmm. scared, he just goes in his pockets and throws glitter out. But the character is awesome. Like, the movie is fucking badass. Ozzie Davis is in it. Uh, Rory Calhoun returns as Kit Carlson. A lot of the, uh, I guess a lot of the actors from the first film who played um, street performers and, oh, and I guess just, like, street people from the first film are yeah. back in, a, in the second one. So it's more of a sequel. Um, the third one takes place a bit later on, so you don't see as much of the elements of the first two films, but still good. But uh, yeah, I just by the amount of time I spent on this film and by the sound of my voice, I love this movie. Um, <laughs> I totally recommend it. Again, this Angel, uh, I guess, trilogy, available cheap on Amazon. Um, totally worth it. One, uh, to be honest, the films get better as the sequels grow. Like So when I talk about like Angel 3... I yeah. think I'm going to blow my load because <laughs> I'm so excited about Angel 2. Angel 1 was just like, okay. But yeah. Angel 2 is awesome. Angel 3 is even more awesome. But that's a tease for next episode. <laughs> um, apart from that, I'm going to go a little quicker here just because I don't want to have a three-hour podcast. Um, so I watched a documentary actually the same night as I watched Avenging Angel called Screaming in High Heels, The Rise and Fall of the Scream Queen. Okay. So I picked this up a few uh, wastelands ago when uh, Michelle Bauer and Linnea Quigley from uh, Return of the Living Dead uh, was at um, Cinema Wasteland, as well as uh, Fred Olin Ray, uh, who is known for his, uh, I'd say, direct-to-video 90s booby films, you Mm -hmm. know, like Bikini Drive-In and things of that nature. So as, as a kid growing up in that era... 
awesome movies. Um, so this film, uh, or I guess this documentary, kind of just focuses on uh, Mich- uh, Brink Stevens, Michelle Bauer, and Leah Quigley, and how they started in the horror business, and how with the invent of uh, VHS and home video, how their careers blew up by acting in these direct-to-video horror movies. Okay. Uh, and how, you know, they made, uh, you know, they became household names, I guess a little more underground, because, mm-hmm. uh, like, these video stores needed content, and Hollywood was just pumping out these horror movies. And mm-hmm. they became names, and they were willing to do nudity, so they eventually became stars on their own, you know? Um, so it's a great documentary. It's a, it's a little short for my taste. I wish it was a little more. And I kind of wish they spoke about, uh, or they had a little few more segments on the other Scream Queens that were in their time and just a little after, like uh, JJ North, for uh, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, they mentioned her just briefly. Um, but yeah, uh, fun documentary. We're checking out, but yeah, it's only like an hour and three minutes long. So I wish it was longer because I'm sure you can go more in depth. But in the case of these three actresses, um, you pretty much cover their stories, which is kind of cool. I just wish it had just a little more to it, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I've heard of that one. I've always wanted, I've wanted to see it since I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. So worth finding if you can get it. Um, I mm-hmm. got it at the convention because they were selling it. Um, I'm glad I did. And actually, I kind of forgot that I had it until I was <laughs> looking through my DVD collection for stuff for this, uh, for this challenge. Which, by the way, I can probably do this challenge another two, three years. Because I got so much on DVD I haven't seen yet that if we do this again next year or if we change the format, mm-hmm. I can probably do the same challenge again because I've got so much. Hmm. I'm so rich in film that I have not seen yet. <laughs> it's kind of gross. Um, um, any questions so far? Anybody? <laughs> no? Okay. So chime in, chime in when you can, if you want. Um, yeah. Next one I watched was a movie called The Woods by Lucky McKee. He's okay. the one who did um, uh, May. The woman. Yes. And oh, the woman and as well. Yeah. She, uh, he did May. He did the woman. If you haven't seen the woman, oh my God. What a cool flick. It's, it's, it's so good. And I think it's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. So check it out. Um, Lucky McKee's uh, the director. I find that just he makes good pictures, but he just hasn't broken out of the, you know, just like of the genre. Like, you know, people that love horror know his name, but the mainstream media seems like they don't know him, you know? I'm like, I think he had an episode or two in Masters of Horror. I don't recall. Uh, just because, oh, I haven't watched them all yet. But anyways. Yeah, uh, this pretty right. Yeah. Uh, this one, The Woods, I have to admit, I did not like. Um, oh, okay. it, yeah, it, it's based uh, in like the 60s where this girl who's a bit of a firebug. She gets sent to like an all girls school in the woods and starts, things start to happen. And that's pretty much it. Uh, Bruce Campbell Mm. is third build on this. Um, It's more of a cameo. He does show up a few times, but Mm. nothing great. He plays the father. Um, Yeah. It's pretty much like, you know, okay. I I don't want to spoil just because there's no fun in that. Mm-hmm. Even though I've spoiled previous ones, but this this one's a little more mysterious. Um, but I'm sure you'll get <laughs> you, you'll kind of guess for yourself. Um, yeah, I don't really want to go too much in depth with this one, but I was not a big fan of it. 
I didn't really like the actor so much. One kind of like bugged me. I'm like, I know from something and I couldn't figure out what. Um, it's, it's one of the girls and I, I can't find her name right now on uh, on IMDb. There you go. No, that's not her. Anyways, one of the girls, yeah. the reason why she looks so familiar to me is that she played Scarlet in G.I. Joe. So I'm like, ah, okay. there she is. Um, so there we go. Her name, I uh, I won't waste your time. Um, next one I saw quickly, <laughs> Men in Black 2. Never saw it. Finally did. Um, I'm sure everybody else has seen it apart from me so far. Lara Flynn Boyle, hot. I think they filmed this before she kind of went downhill with her anorexia and whatnot. Because last time I saw her, bad plastic surgery and way too skinny and bleh. Hmm. Uh, Rosario Dawson's in it. Uh, hmm. Tony Shalhoub was awesome again in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, you know, if you like Men in Black, you'll like Men in Black too. I didn't so much, and I kind of like Men in Black. Um, I still haven't seen three. Maybe I'll do that next year. But yeah, so I watched Men in Black. Wasn't a huge fan. Didn't suck. A movie that was awesome, that everybody should see, that I watched next. Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Oh, I need to see that. I've heard about it for so long now. I don't know why I waited so long to watch this. Now, people <laughs> might know this film because of The Daily Show with yeah. uh, Jon Stewart. When he did his five questions, there was a little like animated gif, I guess, uh, or a little clip of a guy whose head was being exploded by hands or something. Or I think it was just a head that exploded. What's well, from this movie. So I'm not sure if this was supposed to be a comedy or not. <laughs> or if it was redubbed with more of comedic value. Mm -hmm. It's an action film. It's a kung fu film. I think it's a comedy. Again, I don't know if the English subtitles on my copy was like English or not, you know. Um, <laughs> it's also a horror movie because these fight scenes, th think of a live action gory anime. And this is exactly what you're getting. Like... Uh, people's heads exploding, punches going through stomachs and out the other side in the back. Um, cr crazy characters, uh, psychic powers. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's hard for me to explain just because just because it's 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 so out there and I don't have that much time. Um, <laughs> this was amazing. Like honestly, everybody should watch this. I should have watched this years ago. And now, you know, I wasted a decade not, not seeing this. And I think it, it affected my uh, maturity and evolution as uh, from a boy to a man. This movie was fucking fantastic. <laughs> fucking fantastic. Check it out. Ricky O, The Story of Ricky from 1991. Um, I'm excited because I believe Arrow is actually releasing it on Blu-ray in the coming months here. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's probably, you know what, that's, it's worth a double dip. Mm -hmm. Like, if you don't own it, get it on blue. Um, if you don't have a blue player, get it on DVD. I'll probably have one for sale. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, worth it. Um, I know. And funny, puppy. Um, no, but my next film, it's called Dracula's Dog. No bullshit. Dracula's Dog. Um, it's also known as Zoltan, the Hound of Dracula. In the same six-pack of the Anchor Bay animal uh, horror uh, set that they had, um, this was added to it. And the story of this one from 1978, Russian soldiers, they're doing um, bomb testing or maybe they're doing some excavation. They come across a tomb of Dracula. Now, it's from the Dracula lineage and not from Dracula himself. So it could be that Dracula is actually buried there. 
or it could be just part of the family. Um, it, it's not really explained, uh, but pretty much you stake a vampire, it dies. But you take the stake out of the vampire's body and it regenerates. So for some <laughs> reason, like the stake in the heart is like a blocker of regeneration. Hmm. So um, so they excavate this site. They discover this tomb. A guard stands guard overnight. Then there's like an, a, a, some, I'm assuming some aftershock because of the excavation. Some caskets pop out. One is Dracula's dog. The other one is his handler. He used to be the dog's owner before Dracula took over and bit it. Um, so obviously the, the guy takes the stick out of the dog, dog regenerates, kills him, dog pulls the stick out of its old owner. And now the whole point in the movie is that Dracula's dog and the owner need, needs to serve a member of Dracula's bloodline. Hmm. Now, why didn't they just pull the sticks out of the other people in the coffin? I don't know. <laughs> oh, the reason why is because it was going to cave in. Uh, so oh, okay. yeah, so now they've got this, I guess, psychic feeling, like kind of like a like a psychic compass, that they they travel to America, and they find a Michael Drake, who's the actual last bloodline of Dracula's ancestry. So now mm -hmm. the whole point of the movie is having Zoltan, the Hound of Dracula, to bite other dogs, so <laughs> then they can attack the family while they're camping. <laughs> oh my god. It's actually pretty good. I really dug this film. Um, it's it, it's played. It's not played for laughs. It's played straight. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's actually not bad for like a, a, a late seventies horror film. Mm -hmm. It's pretty decent. It's one of those films that you would probably see at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, playing on you know like a superstation. You know, it's got one of those yeah. feels to it. Um, it's it's actually fantastic. The guy who plays Michael Drake. Um, is a Michael Pataki who actually starred in a whole bunch of films that I had never, I didn't realize. He was in Remo Williams' Adventure uh, Begins. He was in Halloween 4. He apparently was in Rocky 4 as a, uh, a Russian uh, a Russian government guy. Um, but yeah, uh, Dracula's Dog, a.k.a. Zoltan, the Hound of Dracula, <laughs> worth checking out. It's actually, awesome. yeah, I gave it a pretty good uh, review. It's not reviewing too well on MDB, but fuck, who cares? I liked it. <laughs> Last one I'm going to talk about, just because I'm taking uh, everybody's uh, airwaves here. Uh, the Company of Wolves from 1984. Um, I don't know how I got a hold of this. I think it was in that lot of movies that I got um, uh, that Hard to Die from. Yeah. Because um, I don't recall buying this, but I own it. And it, it, it feels, it, it, so it's from 1984. It's a horror fantasy film. It's got a bit of a like dark crystal um, labyrinth feel to it, the way it oh. looks on camera. Yeah. Um, it's got nothing, there's no puppets in it, but it's just got that like, that sheen, like that movie sheen of like that era of film. And it's a, it's a bit of a retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. But it's it's got a big twist in it. Okay. Um, were there boobies in it? I think there are boobies. I don't remember if there are boobies or not. <laughs> uh, but like the cast, awesome. Uh, Stefan Rea is in it. Oh, I think there's a penis in it. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure. It's, I watched this in the middle of the month, so I, I can't yeah. recall. But I think there's there's like a boob and I think there's a wine. So teach your own. There you go. There um, you but go. Like Angela Lansbury's in it as the, the, the grandmother. 
Um, David Warner's in it. Um, Yeah, it's a fucking good film. Um, But again, it's it's another retelling of Red Riding Hood. Again, worth checking out. Um, Yeah, it's it's 84. It's over 20 years old. Um, I would suggest if you can find it, uh, watch it. It it was not bad. Um, And on that note, I'm going to... End it there for now, and we'll continue next episode. But uh, so far, I've seen some stinkers, but some pretty good ones, too. Awesome. And they'd actually be over 30 years old as well. (laughs) 84. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Math is not – I'm drinking – the only number I care about right now is number 12. Because I'm drinking a Craig 12 year right now. I don't know if you can smell this through the mic, but oh, my God, it's delicious. I was wondering if that was you. Okay. Yeah, that is me. Between my body wash and my bourbon. (laughs) So I'm going to have a few sips and I'll let you guys speak for a bit. Excellent. So you've got two more to go. Two more. And you have the 30th of June to do it. So that's exciting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For myself, I only had, I watched all 160 trailers and I only had to watch uh, two more films. I ended up watching one. I'm saving one for tomorrow to kind of conclude the whole thing. But uh, so I decided that. It was going to be whatever. I had my Criterion collection downstairs next to my Scream Factory collection. They're both in alphabetical order and uh, separate, of course. And so I decided that my first film of the two remaining was going to be whatever first unwatched Criterion uh, DVD or Blu-ray that fell into the horror sci-fi genre that I uh, hadn't seen previously. And so it ended up being uh, the original Blob film from 1958. Oh, very good. And uh, it was the first time I've ever seen it. And it's a really, really strong 50s sci-fi film. It has a has that Twilight Zone feel to it that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are definitely some corny scenes and dialogue, but that just comes with the territory. But the uh, special effects were pretty simple. And because of that, they actually held up quite well. Um, Steve McQueen, it's one of his first films. I think his actual second film, and he did a lot of TV beforehand. Uh, and uh, he was just phenomenal in it. He's he's great. I love Stephen Queen. He is yeah, so badass. Absolutely. I mean, frankly, like all around, it was very good acting. And they were just likable people, likable characters, which really works for a film like this. Um, the finale came a bit easier than I wanted it to, but I mean, it was fine. You know, um, I really now I really want to check out that 80s remake just to see if they kind of they take up the gore and violence up if you know because I think there's a lot of opportunity for this to almost be a splatter film. You've never seen the remake? I've never seen the remake, no. Oh my god, yes, you have to watch it. It is gory. That scared me as a kid. And it's got Shiny Smith. Okay. Very good. Yeah, so that'll be next to my collection, uh, or my uh, next up in my queue at least. Mm -hmm. I could actually, I think I actually own that one. I could use that for my my final film. We'll have to see. But yeah, and that's all the update I have on my uh, trashy trailer test for CSSC5 and um, for that film. Uh, but also this week, I also picked up, uh, I finally picked up MLB 16, the show for PS4. Okay. Uh, which normally I pick up sports games right away, but I ended up waiting on this one a little bit. Um, but I've been playing Road to the Show mode as a second baseman, and it's really awesome. It's just a great game. Um, I'm actually I'm hoping to make a YouTube series out of uh, out of the game in the coming weeks. Here, it just depends on how well I'm actually able to figure out the incredibly deep franchise mode. But mm-hmm. I'll keep you guys posted on that if I decide to do that in the future. Um, other than that, I haven't um, haven't played too much. We uh, spent a lot of time outside this past weekend. I went to the Tigers game on Sunday. 
which was miserable. They got destroyed, and it was just obnoxiously hot out with the humidity. It was it was miserable, but yeah. So I've kind of been doing things, and there was like a, a dream a dream cruise this past weekend. So I didn't spend a lot of time at home this weekend, so I didn't do uh, do too terribly much in the world of media. So that kind of wraps up my thoughts there. Um, anybody have anything else to add on their uh, challenge or their week in media? Uh, yeah, two things. Actually, that train uh, is <laughs> is actually reminds me. Um, now, I'm not sure <laughs> which version of Saw 6 you guys watched. Unrated, but, I'm pretty sure. Okay, but now that was in. Now, did you have trailers before the, the movie started? No, no. not the Blu ray. Okay, mine I had did. I and yeah. uh, no, it did not. So on the Blu-ray that I have, it had a trailer for a movie called Train with Thora Birch. Yeah, and it's actually a remake of. Uh, is it? Uh, Terror Train, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, because I had never like I remember seeing this trailer like when I first watched this Blu-ray, but then I rewatched it, you know, just for the for the podcast. I'm like, I've I don't remember seeing this movie in the wild ever. Like I've never seen a DVD copy of it, a Blu-ray copy. It looked pretty good. It looks like Hostel on a Train. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to see that, but I don't know anybody who's actually ever seen it. it no, I and I haven't either. I just uh, I know about it because I've seen the trailer for it multiple times. Yeah, um, and it's absolutely a film that I feel like will be right up my alley. Yeah, um, and I watched another movie that I'm not going to remember the name of, but it was incredibly similar to this. And so when I first saw this trailer, I thought, oh, I've seen this. I, I actually seen this movie before. Okay. Then I realized, oh wait, no, this is different. But I, I can't remember what the other movie was, so I, I haven't actually not seen it either. I just I know about it. Um, I was trying to verify what I said a minute ago about it being a remake, but it's not. Uh, I'm not popping up here. I kind of want to pick it up. You know, I want to find because I want to see this. Um, but I kind of there's a few other things I did without the challenge. Um, so yesterday uh, there's a local business in town um, that uh, sells movies and rents them and stuff like that. So I went yesterday. In hopes of picking up at 10 Cloverfield Lane, just because I believe it came out this week or maybe it was the week before. Um, so I go to the store and they had a whole bunch of films uh, deeply discounted for sale. So so this is what I picked up, okay? So I got all on Blu-ray. I got Triple Nine. I got Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. The Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> the Other Side of the Door. Hail Caesar. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Linden Has Fallen. The Brothers Grimsby, and then on my 3DS, Super Smash Brothers and Kirby Planet Robobot, all sealed after taxes, $164. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's I know. awesome. And that's Canadian, so that's like 100 bucks US. Right. Yeah, I love this store. I'm not going to mention where it is, just in case it gets shut down, because I don't want it to shut down. <laughs> um, because I want to get my 3D copy of Batman vs Superman there for like ten bucks. <laughs> uh, so I got all that yesterday. Um, so I haven't had a chance to play the 3DS games yet because I'm still playing Pokemon, uh, the Alpha Sapphire one. No, yes, that's the one I'm, I'm playing right now. Um, I haven't caught them all yet, so I'm playing with that. And hmm. uh, also last Friday, I went to a local wrestling show. Oh um, yeah, I saw your picks. Yes, I went to. And you got rid of your beard. Ah uh, yes, uh, you sound a little more naked up? today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start just crying. <laughs> so, those who uh, don't who don't follow me on Instagram, uh, will shame on you. Uh, right. But I had a slight shaving pro- uh, mishap, I guess. 
Um, and next thing you know, uh, I don't have a beard. So I'm growing it back right now. If, if you can, if, can you hear next this thing? You know, next can, thing you know, he says, can, can you hear this? <laughs> this, this is the scratchiness of the, my beard so far. So it's, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, so good. Good. It's getting so good. Anyways. Um, so I went, I went to the, uh, to this local wrestling show, uh, C4 wrestling or things like uh, capital championship wrestling. And, uh, they, uh, I'm so enjoying independent wrestling right now compared to the WWE. It's not even funny. Like I'm mm-hmm. hate watching the, the WWE network, but I'm loving this local wrestling promotion. It's once a month. Uh, they have July off, um, and they uh, they bring all these guys from like Lucha Underground and like from the local indies, from CZW and from other independents, uh, like you know uh, near uh, Ontario, uh, from like Toronto, and then from the from the states as well. Um, so yeah, uh, they had another show, uh, <laughs> the main event was a, a guy called Evil Uno, uh, versus, uh, Mathieu Saint-Jacques, who is, uh, a, uh, kind of a hipstery lumberjacky looking guy who's a, the C4 champion. He's on this awesome, I haven't seen him tag with his partner in a while because he's the champion. So he has to defend his belt. But I guess in other promotions, uh, he's on a team called the TDT. So uh, uh, Tango Delta Tango, which uh, in French, it's Tabarnak the Team, which pretty much, if I have to translate that in English, it'd be like fucking tag team. Yeah, we're the fucking <laughs> tag team, you know? So obviously I bought a t-shirt. Um, right. But their match, to, I guess the, ma- the, the event I just uh, saw last week was like, I guess like their season ender for, for the summer. So then oh, they okay. have like a cancer uh, fundraiser in August and then they start up their shows again in September type of thing, which in August they've announced one of the big names they're bringing in is uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. So oh, wow. that should be kind of cool, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so they had this match, which was fucking awesome. And they went outside in the crowd, thumbtacks were involved. Then they took down the top rope and started hitting each other with the top rope turnbuckle. It's like, it was awesome. <laughs> the show top to bottom was fucking fantastic. Um, I loved it. I, I think everybody that's local should go to this show. Um, and it's so cheap. It was like 20 bucks a ticket, you know? Like, and then that's for like three hours of wrestling. And, you know, awesome. it's only like five rows deep. So no matter mm. where you're sitting or if you're standing, you're seeing a fucking fantastic show and they bring in such good names. Like I'm just, I'm in love with indie wrestling right now. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm excited for, uh, for WWE CWC, the cruiserweight uh, wrestling championship. Yeah. You know, I honestly don't do, know too much about it, but I have heard about it. So it's all these cruiserweights, right? So it's pretty much, it's all these independent wrestlers that are awesome that they're making a tournament with. Eventually, okay. I'm assuming a whole bunch of these guys are going to go into NXT because with the draft coming, they're going to pull a bunch of NXT stars out. Mm-hmm. So this is a great way for people to find out who these guys are and then to fill up their NXT roster again, you know. Awesome. And one of the guys in the Cruiserweight Championship, Tyson Ducks, he was at the show and he's at he's been at the show a few times now because he's he's from Ontario and mm-hmm. he's awesome. And uh, yeah, so I'm just yeah, I'm I'm just so into like indie wrestling right now. I think the last like five six shirts I bought are like indie wrestling shirts. <laughs> I'm going back to Winnipeg in a few weeks. And I think I'm just going to wear indie wrestling t-shirts with me That's because awesome. I have so many. But uh, yeah, so I've had a pretty, I've had a pretty good media week. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just to clarify, just for, for listeners out there, uh, apparently Train was supposed to be a remake of Terror Train, okay. but uh, it kind of split 
split off from that with the end product. So it's actually not, but that was the original intention. So just to, to, to clear that up, I guess. I wonder if Thor Birch is going to show her boobies as well in this movie. I One can hope, Yeah, I don't know. Because she, she did in American Beauty, I believe. Yes, she definitely did. Yeah, so I think she's due to do it on the train now. So yeah, yeah. boobies on the train. It just seems oh, a natural man. progression. Right? We should make Better up and quote boobies on the train, train, but it's about birds. <laughs> <laughs> like, psych. Uh. <laughs> That's a twist. There were no tits. There were birds the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh Elijah Craig Alright so before we jump into our review of Saw 6 I want to ask you guys the, the a question For the question of the week So obviously we are dealing a lot in sequels This week uh, This past month here This arc at least So if you could have a sequel made to any horror or sci-fi film franchise That's not been made yet Which one would it be? Hmm that's a damn good question um, well, current series right now, I would love to see them do a Judge Dredd 2 with Carl Urban. Yeah. Oh, that's a good option. I've actually not seen that, but I've heard it's great. They, they've been, yeah, the, 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 the Urban Judge Dredd is absolutely fantastic and they need to, they've been talking about doing something with Netflix and a couple other things, mm-hmm. but nothing's greenlit yet. They don't have a script. They don't have anything. They're just talking about it. So I want a sequel to that. Oh, you, Mark. Uh, again, I'm scanning my movies right now. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to see a sequel to The Guest. Did you guys the see that? The Guest? Yeah. I have not seen, seen that. that. Oh my, it's on Netflix. Watch it. It is, um, I, I, mean, I, I keep using these big words and I, <laughs> like it's either the shit or it's amazing. This this is a fucking good film. I'm just going to pull it out of my rack right now. Stranger, not my cleavage. Not my cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> a stranger claiming to be the close friend of a recently deceased soldier invites acceptance and doubt from the dead man's family. Exactly. Um, it's got what year is that? It, oh, fuck, 2014. There we go. Yeah, it's an hour and oh, 41 geez. minutes long. Uh, it's, Recent. It's, it's really good. Like these last few years, these independent thrillers have been just killing it. Um, so top of my head, something recent. I'd like to see a guest too. Um... Huh. Again, if, if, I, if I'm just spitballing here, um, I think Everly 2 would be good as well. Just because I like some Hylic and Guns. Um, but yeah, if I had to, like, top of my head, just looking, um, I'd have to see The Guest. The Guest okay. would be a good film that they can do a sequel on. Oh, it's a Wingard film. Okay, Adam Wingard's film. Yes. Excellent. You know, I have heard of it. Now that I see the, the cover for it, I looked it up. So, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out then. But, yeah, for me, uh, I would have to say... I want to see Rob Zombie's Halloween 3. I want to see that series continue because I think he did an excellent job with it. I love Rob Zombie's film. I say it every time I mention Rob Zombie, but that's an arc we have to do eventually is Rob Zombie's films. And I would really love to see a Halloween 3. And I don't want a remake of Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which I think is a very underrated and a very good film. But I want it to pick up where maybe combine Halloween 4 and 5, for example, with with the young Danielle Harris. Um, I would love to see Rob Zombie continue that series, though. Could you imagine the hatred he's going to feel if he actually remade Season of the Witch? <laughs> but it doesn't tell anyone that that's what he's doing. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be amazing. And the venom he would absorb. You can't remember. Oh, oh. Speaking of him, did you see his trailer for his new movie called 31? No, just because I find trailers spoil too much. So I haven't on purpose, but I've, okay. I've, I've seen stills, 
But yeah. I, I, I don't want to see it just because I want to enjoy the movie when I see it. Yeah, fair enough. But it looks fucking fantastic. I cannot wait. He's undoubtedly one of my favorite filmmakers. And so I am just stoked to see 31. Yeah, I heard, uh, I've heard that, but good things about it visually. Yeah, I, I'll, I will definitely see that in the theaters when it comes out. Absolutely. All right. So that was our question of the week. So now let's move on to our discussion. Oh, oh, before, we, before we talk, I, I'm yes. supposed to send you guys hugs from my wife. Oh, okay. Ooh. Well, hmm. send it right back. Yeah, I'm not They're sending me. hugs back. Turtle. I'm not done with mine yet. Hold on. <laughs> like Mark's, Mark's not yet. I'm not, oh, am I man. holding too long? I don't know. Okay. He wants to know if he's holding too long. I'm, I'm, I'm releasing and I'm giving... <laughs> What? <laughs> Is your hand on her ass? No. <laughs> he says no, but it sounds suspiciously like that. <laughs> oh huh? my god. She'll take what she can get. <laughs> uh, I think I gave too much. <laughs> oh man. All right. So I guess that will be that for the question of the week. So let's move on to our review slash discussion of the sixth Saw film. So this is from 2009, and as always, there will be spoilers for Saw 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. So if you've not seen that series, pause the podcast now and go watch that, and then come back and hit play, and we will have a wonderful discussion about it. So Saw 6 is directed by Kevin Grutert, however you hell you say that, and he was actually the editors, or the editors, all right, hang on one, we're going <laughs> to... No, 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 you keep on rolling. You keep on rolling. You fucking swallow that and you chew through it and you continue. <laughs> there will be no edit. I will not let you edit. I'm putting a blockade oh on that. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was Oh, man. But he was also the editor on Saw's, Saw's 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. So that's pretty interesting and remember the last director was actually the production designer of the previous films and now we got the editor so it kind of keeps keeps it within the family i guess you'd say when you're an editor is you get two paychecks (laughs) (laughs) i hope so for for kevin's sake but he gets all the monies exactly So this one was written by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan, just like the previous two. It has an IMDb score of 6.0 out of the 75,357 votes for those, uh, as of this recording, rather. Mm. And uh, for those wondering, I actually gave this an IMDb score the first time I watched it of a 7 out of 10. Oh, you're so generous in your youth. And uh, it, it currently has a Metacritic score of 30, a tomato meter of 36%, but an audience score of 55%. Had a budget of $11 million and a gross of over $27.6 million, or $29.1 million less than Saw 5. I wonder why. So immediately, I can tell we're going to have very differing opinions on Saw 6, which Did is you uh, like this movie? a good thing. Ooh. So, all right. I don't know. Where do we begin? Like, let's, let me ask you this. What's your history with this one? Uh, Mark, I, I'm assuming you've seen this at least once in the past, correct? Just the one time. Uh, okay. Um, I had this on Blu-ray. I eventually unwrapped it and watched it. Uh, I didn't okay. see this in the theaters. Gotcha. And, and Ash, what about you? I know you had not seen Saw 5 before last week. So. I had not seen it before this either. 
Okay, so I'm not seeing Saw 6 either. All right. Clearly, I did see Saw 6 because I rated it, and I know I've seen the whole series. I, but frankly, I didn't remember almost any of this. And so I know I did see it, but I just didn't remember any of it. So it was all like I was watching it brand new to me, which you was which is fun. Same thing with me. When the twist yeah. happened at the end, I had no clue. I had no I recollection whatsoever of this movie. Right. Me either. So our very first trap, we get uh, – it's like the pound of flesh trap where the um, – the two people have to give Jigsaw a pound of flesh in order to uh, unlock their harnesses or whatever the hell it is to to get out alive, basically. And and a theme starts here that's kind of prevalent throughout this entire series that only one person is going to survive this. And that's kind of the, the theme we see throughout all these traps. Only one person, only two people, only half the people are going to survive, whatever the case is. Not everyone can survive. And so... um. This first one here I thought was was really interesting and I thought it was pretty damn good honestly the the watching them mutilate themselves oh my god it was fucking disgusting mm-hmm. her cutting off her arm was gross but watching him rip the flesh off of his body with his bare hands I mean honestly it was almost too much like I almost had to turn and, and not watch it, it's and funny because a great I start this, I watched this last night with mm-hmm. uh, with Melissa uh, okay. We listen to her podcast as she falls asleep because she likes to hear <laughs> our tones of voices. As she <laughs> and uh, she was squirming and turning away from the TV while he was cutting his stomach. Yeah. It, it is gross. Like, you know, chopping a hand is something, but, you know, he's he's cutting through layers of, of, of skin and fat. Yeah. You know, oh. and something just grosser about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like when he started going right for his fat. The girl lifts up her shirt and she like looks around like there's no fat. I don't know what to do. And so then she goes for her arm. I thought that was pretty humorous. Now, what's interesting about this uh, trap or even about this actress? So the uh, the girl is played by mm-hmm. a girl, uh, uh, an actor by the name of Tanisha Howard. The reason okay. she's in this film is that I guess VH1 had a... Uh, a reality show called Scream Queens. Oh, yeah. Where they had like 12 contestants and then every week they would knock somebody out, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, like, are you a Scream Queen or are you not? Da, da, da. Um, it was actually hosted by Shawnee Smith. And I guess James Gunn was one of the judges of that first season because that's during his big slither phase, right? 08, 09. So right. he was more into the horror stuff than he was with the, the Marvel stuff right now. And um, she won the, con- the competition. Um, so that's why she, uh, well, the thing is with the competition, um, it was in conduction with the Latin Gate films and you were guaranteed like a scene in the film, but like it could have been background. It could have been just like a small cameo, but I guess the writers liked her so much that they cast her as the trap winner and then also gave her another scene after the fact in the hospital. Right. Yeah. The, what did I learn from this scene? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, which I'm like, like oh, you shouldn't have said that because you're probably going to be in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did man. like, I did like the kind of twistedness of the first, the first one. It was mm-hmm. a little, it was more than a little graphic, but it was just like yeah. he went, he went for his stomach and and she went for her arm, and I'm just like, yeah, you're not going to be able to just cut off a finger or something, there, lady. He's getting pounds right. here. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So after the go ahead. I'm surprised the MPA um, allowed. To be honest with you, like yeah. again, I watch the unrated cuts. So maybe I, I know that's what I'm, yeah, that's, I'm wondering yeah, if yeah, it's the unrated director's different. cut. Yeah. And the theatrical. 
But yeah, so after that, I mean, the film picks up immediately after the events of Saw 5. Like he's literally, Hoffman's literally (laughs) getting out of the the box of glass right after Strom is killed. And we see his smashed body falling from the ceiling. Oh, that was brilliant. I loved that. It was so gross. Yeah. uh, I thought the body would be a little more flattened than that or a little more pulverized. Maybe it's just me. It just seems still yeah, kind of. It, right. it was actually about what I expected because they did something like that on CSI New York. Um, really? This guy who was a longshoreman, he got crushed by a uh, one of the tankers, or not a tanker, but a, a freight uh, thing that was overhead and dropped on him, and it looked very similar effect, hmm. very flat, but not completely flat type of thing. Yeah, I th- I'm with you. I kind of expected it to look the way it did, I guess. I wasn't taken aback by it not being flat. Do you guys want to go for crepes after this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this insurance company thing, I mean, at this point, I wrote down that it seemed brand new to me because I just didn't remember it at all. But then as the film went on, I, there's so little that I remembered. But... um. I love Strom's fingerprints being found at the uh, crime scene. I thought that was just brilliant on Hoffman's part. I think that was an intelligent way to kind of get the movie, the story moving forward again with Strom being kind of the guy that's uh, Hoffman's trying to make take the fall for this. But now if he wouldn't have done the fingerprints, would he have gotten caught so soon in the film? Yeah, hindsight's 50-50. Definitely a mistake there. Yeah. Which is interesting. I wonder, is that true that you can tell a fingerprint if it was done before or after death? Well, you know what? I'm secreting oils all the time, so I really don't know if I'm going to stop after I, I die. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a big part of the <laughs> I really don't know. I honestly don't know either. No idea. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, then we get the big swerve that Perez was still alive. I didn't see that coming, but I really liked it. I, I forgot it completely. Yeah. Oh, he's back. <laughs> And like, you know, I like how they, like they shoehorned this story into the mythos, right? Like, honestly, I, I do these people ever sleep? Because it seems like it's game after game after game. Because like the movies are like, you know, just like at the end of each other. So I'm like, right. there's so much going on in such a short period of time. Like, I've never seen anybody eat in the series. <laughs> Well, and I think the other thing is, too, is he would have had to have been planning this shit to do them in this sequence of events and have everything set up like months in advance. And you know? they all fall well, into think, place like he planned it too, yeah. you know? Yeah, but I think he and I think that's established that he was given all the flashbacks. And then given the fact that Jigsaw, you know, John was such a, a good uh judge of what pe- how people would respond, how people would react in these situations. Yeah. Like this film was half flashbacks. Right. You know. Speaking of flashbacks, quickly, am I the only one who didn't notice? Remember, okay, so the guy who uh, caused the um, uh, who caused the miscarriage on Jill yeah. in number four. Did you, upon before seeing the end of the film, did you realize that it was Shawnee's character that was driving him to the clinic? Did no. you even notice? I don't. Were you supposed to? I didn't think they showed her face. I thought no, they only showed him. They, they, they showed him, but they didn't really show her at all. Well, they they, they did. Now, really? that, because I watched it again today, right? And yeah. you do see her face. It just didn't rec- like it didn't record with me that that was her driving him to the clinic. 
Oh yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't if you're get looking that either. For it, you'll see it, but if you're yeah. not really, because it is also in the shadows, right? And that, that's obviously done mm-hmm. on purpose. That's part of right. the twist. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize that that was her driving him until we realized at the end of the movie. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool. Did you yeah, guys? Definitely. Did you guys watch through the end credits? Yes. I, and that's what I was going to ask you. Like, this was the first film where I saw a post a post credit scene. Yeah, which was cool. Did any? Was there any in the other films that you guys noticed? Like, did you no. watch through the credits? Because once the credits, I I, I, I stopped. I didn't. I didn't on the other ones. Um, okay. I don't even know why I let this one play through. I know. And then yeah, I was like, either. wait a minute. Uh, what? Okay. Yeah. I was just writing my concluding thoughts on the film, and it just happened to be that long. I guess that it got to the end of it. Only reason why I watched it today is because of the commentary that they mentioned it. If it wasn't oh, for that, okay. I wouldn't have because they talked to the whole credits. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have known. Huh. Right. I mean, frankly, they don't. It doesn't. It's not a revealing scene or anything, but it is. You know, interesting how she. You know, it, obviously, it's her talking to the girl in, from Saw Three, saying, "Don't trust the guy who saves you," which is obviously Hoffman. But yeah, which is kind of cool. Like that, you know, mm-hmm. like again, even from the grave. She can still right. fuck with Hoffman, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, we're not going to get a payoff on that because, like, I don't think we're going to see her in the next film, right? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. So, I guess it kind of shows that in a way, no matter what Hoffman does, he can't cover all his tracks. Right, which is, I mean, I feel like super realistic with what he's doing at such a large scale. Yeah. There's no way he should be able to. Yeah. Um. So... I don't know if you guys even noticed, but in Saw 5, the reporter, Pamela Jenkins, she was actually in Saw 5. Yes. But the only time I remember her, the camera kind of pauses on her for a second and then moves away. We never really meet her. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's how I recall it. Yes. And so then we see her again here in Saw 6 and we finally realize who it is and and she's finally introduced and actually a, a part of the of the film. I thought that was interesting. It just kind of builds that <laughs> this feels like a television series. Well, at this point, more it, than a, a film series. Well, at least for Saw 5 it did because it kind of built for everything here in Saw 6. In Saw 5, the theatrical cut, you mm-hmm. see her on scene, but she doesn't say anything. In the director's cut, I think she asks one question and Hoffman kind of like shrugs her off. Oh, and, yeah, I think you're right. And that's it. So that's yep, the only way you can right. actually recognize her is from that. Right. Um, but you know what? You're right about it being like an episodic. I found at the end of Saw 6, this felt so much like an episode of a Netflix TV show. Just because it's so <laughs> intricate, like this could have been like a Netflix original series. Yeah, you know, it, and that's a that's a good point that I'll, I'll probably touch on a little bit more. But it, it's so intricate, everything it, it is very detailed, and I feel like if you're watching this a year apart, you're not going to get fifty percent of what they're trying to show you. Mm-hmm. But because we're watching it week to week like this, I feel like I'm I'm appreciating it a lot more than I did in the past. And I agree with you because I remember watching Saw 6 and obviously mm-hmm. I forgot about it because there was right. nothing memorable to it. And But I do remember I had watched it, but I was completely lost because it had been so yeah. long between watching Saw 5 and 6. Right, now watching exactly. back to back, uh, it kind of, well, it makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. And this movie as well, because it's filmed in Toronto, yeah. this felt like the most Canadian version of Saw yet. Because, like, all the actors in this movie have been, at one time or another, like, on CBC, which is, like, our Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Right. Like, the the janitor, he was – I I see him from Canadian commercials. Uh, The lead guy who's uh, 
who's a uh, part of all like um william he plays uh, william um peter outerbridge i've seen him on all these yeah. canadian tv shows um so to me this felt like the most canadian saw yet it was like this is like saw a <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny yeah see i i didn't like the ending mainly because i know saw seven is going to be absolutely terrible <laughs> It's in 3D, See, I, I remember I loving Saw 7 when though. I first saw it. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I've seen one of the traps. Uh, like, I've seen video of one of the traps out of it. And I'm just like, yeah, they, they're they reaching. They're just they're going beyond reaching. This is just ridiculous. You haven't seen the last one, you said, right? Right. I haven't seen the whole movie yet, no. Okay. You're oh, going to wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Exactly. It, it, see, and that's the thing is I thought the ending, um, if they had trimmed it, so that we see the countdown timer on his head going down and she goes to the door and goes game over and shuts the door and they just went black right there. That would have been perfect. Mm. That would have been. And then you could just stop there. And then if you want to watch the next one, they have like, you know, like the teaser bit leading into Saw 7 with the countdown timer, her shutting the door and then, you know, him escaping or whatever. That uh, could, yeah, that would be pretty cool as an opening trap for Saw 7 is what happens to Hoffman in Saw 6. Yeah. But it, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a good it would be an interesting take on it. Definitely. But I mean, I loved what they did here. I thought the editing, the frantic editing at the end with the countdown timer mixed in there. And then just I, we us seeing the results of, of Hoffman's trap and everything. I fucking loved it. See, I would have been happier if the trap had actually gone off and Hoffman died. Cause then he wouldn't be in saw seven. And no, you know, you, you're such a hater. A Mandalore hater. This is Mandalore. I don't give a shit. He was the worst part of this whole freaking oh movie. Oh my god, you're high, sir. No, terrible. <laughs> he was fantastic in this. The so he's that arc was my favorite. The way uh. it's coming down on him, kind of the walls are closing in on him, and watching him respond to it, I thought he was, was fucking great. <laughs> he uh i know i see i didn't get that out of his performance at all while i was watching it, i was like he's acting the same as he has in all the other movies he like like he's got a stick up his ass he's not oh, emoting God. he's not doing anything and it's just like i was like hoping that the it's cops caught him and you know and like the traps just played out like normal and it, and it went from there and, and i was hoping i and i i knew going into this that you know he was going to be in saw seven but i was still hoping at the end that you know maybe maybe this time you know the bear trap goes off and snaps his head and you know saw's wife is the protagonist or the the antagonist in in saw eight or or seven or whatever the hell it is saw seven seven yeah uh but no it just like uh he just no i i couldn't i yeah i couldn't no he, he just didn't do anything for me the whole movie See, I, I, I thought his my perf- oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I thought his performance was so it was it, there was an internal battle going on that I thought came through really well with his character. And I frankly coming into this, like I said, I thought Mandalore was the worst part of this series, but 
I was I was dead wrong. He's my favorite part uh, since he uh, got into the series. No, no, have, you, have, you, sir, are high. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what, though? I have to agree with you because I hated yes. the Causes Mendler saws because, mm-hmm. again, it had been so long since I saw them back right. to back to back. Now I fucking love them. He's playing, he's playing Jason Voorhees without the mask. <laughs> Think, like, <laughs> you're right. You're like, right. He, he looks just like Jason Voorhees, <laughs> but he, he's like he's like the the, the, the silent killer. He's yeah. you can see, but the thing is, he's not wearing a mask. You can see him kind of struggle, and he's yes. acting like people, but he's no longer a person. You know, mm-hmm. um, he he is a, a slasher that 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 has a human form that doesn't have a costume, and that's mm-hmm. what I kind of like about it. I'm I'm with you, man. A hundred percent. No, no. That said, though, terrible I, substitute for for the saw character. I, I, I he's substandard in every way. I think I just see, I can't get behind it. I'm gonna go sacrilege right now and say that I like him more than actually Jigsaw. What? Yeah. Reach my brother. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna mute myself for one minute. <laughs> one minute. Yeah, I, I, I have a great. I'll be honest. I have a great appreciation for these films now that I did back in the day, and yeah. I hope that I heard rumblings that they're actually making another saw. Mm-hmm. Now, not watching. I've only watched the last one once, so mm-hmm. I don't recall what happens at the end. But let's say that yeah, it, it ended now, and they're doing a Saw Seven with Costas Mandalore. I would be all for it. <laughs> now, chances are he doesn't uh, live past the next film i'm pretty right. sure he doesn't i don't remember but if he does <laughs> i don't know how big he'll be but i'm sure he will be uh, awesome he, in he looks like he's put on a little weight between this movie and the last one so yeah the guy's I, making I, bank yeah that's a thing now he can afford really good sushi so right he's eating all the uh all the uh the tim hortons tray yeah, yeah. insert <laughs> expensive sushi piece i don't know i, can't think. I, know, I don't know <laughs> big mac he's eating all the big mac right now the you big know, mac spicy oh yeah but, uh, you know, it's funny, though, because I kind of liked his storyline a little less than I did in Saw 5. Because in Saw 5, I was all in for his storyline. And not so mm-hmm. much um, the people in the traps because they didn't care about them. Um, or was that Saw 4? Fuck, I don't remember anymore. But That was 4, I think. Okay. Because in Saw 6, I, I, I kind of liked his storyline just a little less because I loved the traps. And I loved the character in in this storyline, you know? Um, so oh, yeah. the guy going through all this shit, mm-hmm. I thought it was more compelling than the Hoffman storyline in this one. But they were both equally decent, but still bad. See, you know? I, I liked the... I liked the character that they put through the traps because yeah. he kind of regains his humanity as he goes through all this because he's kind of an... He's just a complete oh, ass. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, when he yeah, first we, starts... Well, we, we'll talk about him it, by the end too. of it. Yeah. You actually feel, I actually felt sorry, like really sorry for this dude because he's, you know, he's struggling with a lot of this. He's realized, you know, wow, I really fucked up my life, you know, <laughs> to be here. Uh, but, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I thought he would, his was actually an interesting storyline there. But we'll see. Now he has to make his decisions face to face instead of just on paper. Right. Yep. So it kind of humanitizes him a bit. Yeah, makes right. him a little more human and more caring. But, yeah. So let me. I'm, I'm going to jump to him for a sec. Uh, okay. In a second, but let me. So for me, it was opposite because, uh, uh, Mark, you loved 
loved, I guess, is a strong word, but you really, no, I don't know. You think you loved <laughs> no, Saw I, 5. I, I, fucking, I fucking loved it, man. I fucking loved because it. Because that was your uh, number two on your list now. But I could, I did not like the story, mostly because of Strom. I just, I fucking hate Strom and I hated the way they handled it. Yeah. But here, I mean, to me, it was all about Hoffman. Because like I said, I felt like his performance was really understated and I just, I liked what he was doing. And then kind of the explosion, my favorite part. In the film, it has to be when they were at the well. One of my favorite parts at the, um, uh, like the police had whatever FBI headquarters or whatever the hell it was, where they were trying to uncover the tape. Yes, and they were getting closer and closer and closer. He's walking around drinking the coffee, like, oh, it's just so tense. I I loved it, and then. She says, here it is, and plays it, and it's his voice, and then just the knife cutting him and the calling the coffee. Oh, it was so awesome. It was exactly what I was hoping it was going to be, and I absolutely love that. So for me, this one was all about was all about uh, Costas, you know, all about Hoffman's oh, storyline. Now, see, I did like that scene. Yeah. That was really well done. I will give it that. Definitely. It was also very intimate because when he is stabbing yes. Perez – Oh my God! Yes, like he's making love to her, right? I know, just so many times, and the way it was handled. Oh, so good! Because she looked at him like he was the killer the whole time. Like she yep. knew, but she just couldn't prove it. Right, and exactly. There she did, and he knew she knew. And this <laughs> is like my last little fuck you to you. Like I always right. like, apprehend, like, do, do, like those at, at, at up close stabbing. I was like, yeah, that was sexual. That that was his mm-hmm. release because he enjoyed that. You know, right. So yeah, that was a, such a good fucking scene. Absolutely. I feel bad for who, who passed. Yeah. But right. he was still alive when he poured gasoline on him. I know. So, like, and he, he just looks at him and pours it anyway. He oh, so damn his good. Throat and burnt him to death. Yep. Oh my god. So so quick disgusting sidebar. So you're Drake from Aliens. You're on the ground. You don't have your Bluetooth in your ear, which is something they talked about in the commentary. Because in Saw Five, he had his he had his little Bluetooth right. in ear the whole time. <laughs> And in six, he doesn't. So your throat is slit. He's pouring gas on you. Would you, in your last moments, try to rip out your throat so you would die before you burned? Or would you burn hmm. yourself alive? What would you do in that moment? Oh, man. Because you, you're not, you're not going to be able to get up and, and – like, he's going he's gonna to overpower you, right? So would you right. try to open up your throat so that you would bleed <sighs> out sooner? No, or I'd burn. would you burn alive? I'd burn alive. Really? I don't no. know. I think burning alive would be more painful. I think he was almost dead anyway. I think he probably would have lost consciousness before he burned. Or That'd was he still guess. moving? Well, he was t- <sighs> a little I bit. I think he was still consciously moving. I don't think it was a twitch, but he was still coherent. Like it was still breathing. Yeah. I, I think I would probably try to open up the slit a bit more. I, I, like, I don't think I'd think of that, though. I don't know. I don't know. Did I just go morbid? Ah, fuck. Jokes, jokes, jokes. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> um, but so t- then moving moving to uh, William's character. So I think his arc is really weird to me. So they introduce him. And obviously he is this big shot of this like piece of shit insurance company that is – Literally trying to not insure people, obviously. You know, they have people that – there's jobs yeah. uh, to find flaws. And so he's a piece of shit. And then it kind of looks like they, they set it up clearly that he's cheating on his wife with that phone call. Yeah. You know, who always going to be late. He kind of looks at the girl, uh, the lawyer, offers her a drink. But then nothing happens. 
and so it's implied that he's cheating on his wife. And so they're just giving him this this you know uh, vibe that you're just you're not gonna like him. Yeah, which is purposeful. And then he kind of goes through, and you know he kind of he gets humanized the way you were saying. But at the end, I, does he really like? As you mentioned, that he kind of you know looks back and, and is like, oh, this is what I do with my life. But I didn't really catch that at all from him. He was apologizing to the woman whose husband he killed simply because she had his life in his hands. And so his arc, he started off as a shit as a shitty person that you're supposed to not like. And he kind of ended that way as well. There was nothing that really changed my mind about him. See, I, I, see, I, I got that out of him because he he as he's going through the traps and everything, he like he when he was forced to make those choices. It mm-hmm. broke him. It broke him hard. And like when he sees them at the end and he realizes that the test was not for him, it was for somebody else. Uh, and they've he just kind of like he's like, oh, no, you know, he when he realizes it and he immediately starts apologizing, you know, because he realizes what he had done, I think. Well, yeah, see, what I, I got think, out of the it. thing is, is that, you know, he uses his own calculation to say yay or nay on these policies. Mm-hmm. And during the course of these traps, he goes against that calculation or that that method he uses to go yay or nay. You know, he, he lets the old lady survive and kills off well, his, his assistant. Um, yeah, but the old lady was his secretary who he's probably spent years with and the young boy is a file clerk or some shit who we probably you know have spent days but with his life so that, to me though is you know gonna be longer than hers you know she already had so much of her life already and you know she was right. slightly obese and he was fit but he was lonely you know like he looked at she had family and he didn't and that's you know against what he usually does at work so that's where things start to change for him you know yeah, but I don't know. See, I think that's the obvious decision, though, given his situation, because he's not making an insurance decision. He's making a decision based on who is he friends with, who who means more to him. I, I, I don't but know. But he's also making the decision of who lives or who dies, which is something yeah. he does at work all the time. It's just he in does a different it over, way, though, in a different way. But because of the way Saw talks to him throughout the traps and everything and sets them up. He's showing him, look, you done fucked up. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I just, I didn't see a kind of reversal on his part, on the character's part of the realization that, yes, I did fuck up, I guess. And that was my biggest problem with it. The other problem with it is what kind of lessens this movie to me a little bit is that, and just a little bit, it was that this whole, William's whole arc is really just a revenge tale mm-hmm. on Jigsaw's part. Whereas in previous films, you don't get that. You know, you don't get revenge. You get him trying to teach the person a lesson, for example. Uh, and so I thought that was different and kind of outside Jigsaw's standard MO. It, it is revenge, but it's not Jigsaw's revenge. It's the family's revenge. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the mother and the son's game. It's not William's yeah. game at all. And yeah, it's not and that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, is with all the hatred that the mother and son have, are they going to forgive William for not ensuring the father for his treatments? Or are they going to give him the death penalty? 
So, you know, it is revenge, but it's like, you killed my dad. I want to kill you now. Yeah, it was it was not Jigsaw's revenge, it, although it looks like it throughout the whole thing. Right at the very end, it's like, oh, yeah, OK, I get it now. Yeah, but does adding that little element really change the whole reason why he's there? If Jigsaw had not, if if John had not been turned down by him, would he have even tracked him down to put him in this trap? I don't think so. Well, I th- honestly, I think that Jigsaw would have found a family that got turned down no matter what. So Jigsaw yeah. enjoyed the punishment that William was getting. Yeah. But it's still, you know, to wash Jigsaw's hands, he's not the one who killed them. It's the family wanting revenge. So I think no matter what, William is doomed uh, because I don't think any family, like, honestly, if it happened to me where I got, uh, you know, I had the chance to act revenge on an insurance guy that wouldn't, you know, accept my father or, my, or a loved one's policy, mm-hmm. I probably would have done the same thing. I'll be honest. Uh, and that's the thing is most, bring an emotion. the most of uh, most of the people, honestly, that Jigsaw puts through these things he knew in some way, shape or form, you know, he, or he'd run into them or they were looking right. into him or something, but he was tied to them in some way. He'd met them before. So in reality, you could say that all of it's revenge in some way, shape or form. It's just, yeah, but it's, this is, he's a little more intricate and cold with some of the other stuff. Yeah. And then this is one where it, he, the person that he put in this trap has negatively affected his life like very obviously and specifically whereas the others he put in there i can't make that connection as easily at least or as blatantly i guess um no i disagree because the the doctor uh carrie always character from the first movie definitely affected him in a lot of ways i basically treated him like a number well, he's the doctor who said he had cancer, but I mean, yeah, what's if he has but, irreparable cancer, what's he supposed to do? But the thing is, the doctor had no compassion. You know, like yeah, you mentioned, no compassion, no, nothing. The doorknob, you know, half the time, like he was looking to, you know, like he wasn't important enough. And that's what Jigsaw felt. He felt shunned. I'm like, you know, like you give me this news, but I'm not worth a minute of your time to discuss this, you know? Um, my problem with all this insurance stuff is that obviously Jigsaw's gotten money. So mm-hmm. why couldn't he just, you know, use his own cash and go overseas for these treatments? Well, he says it. He says it's not about the money. I have money. It's a, it's the principle. Yeah, because he's been paying into it. See, I think he actually mm-hmm. did try to do the experiments uh, or the the thing, and they didn't work. So, oh, okay, see, I didn't, I didn't catch that. See, I, yeah, I, didn't I think, I think he might have tried or at least looked into it and realized, no, this isn't going to help me, and he went further into his psychosis. I think what pissed me off the most about this movie was the fact that it it proves that Strom was right about Jill. And just the fact that I have to say Strom was right pisses me the fuck off because fuck that asshole. See, I don't think he was right about her. I think between his harassing her and the box, I think that's when she got involved involved. Well, no, because he... John shows up at one point. There's a there's a flashback where John shows up at her place and Amanda's with him, and that's like right before probably Saw Two, I would imagine, before that trap is set. And so I, Strom was right about the fact that Jill knows more than what she's telling than what she was telling him is what I'm oh, referring. Hold on, which Amanda was that? Was that Amanda Hug and Kiss? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh Sorry, my gosh. It's been too long for a joke, so I thought I had to. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh. See, I loved uh, see, what I thought was. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I see. I think she might have known he was up to something. I don't think she knew what he was up to. Oh, no, no, no. I I completely disagree. I feel like she knew exactly what was going on and just chose I, not no, to I, do anything. Well, and that's the thing is I think she she may have known there was something going on, but I don't think she knew exactly what was going on mm-hmm. until after the fact. Who's this Jill? Yeah. Chill. Oh, yeah. she fucking knew the whole time. Yeah. That's, See, I didn't uh, get I, that, I but I don't know. Even like, you see a flashback from Saw 3 where they're putting that kid into that uh, torture rack thing where it twists all his arms. But she's right. in the hallway. She doesn't see it. Oh, yeah, but hmm. I think she was aware the whole time. That That's my personal, that's what I got out of it is that she was like, she was aware and did nothing about it. Yeah, that's that's that was my take as well, but obviously that it's up up for you know, know anyone's Maybe perception. But it. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, just the fact that you know, like, and, and, what I find funny is that you know, like, she was talking about how you know her clinic. Uh, John was saying that how her clinic wasn't helping the people going to the clinic because <laughs> they're just giving them like a pl- kind of a placebo drug. It doesn't heal, right. but it just numbs the pain. And then he saved people using his traps but the people he saved so far are all fucking nut jobs you know like amanda <laughs> exactly. went batshit crazy uh, hoffman is batshit crazy like nobody's saving anybody i think that's what the final message of saw is is that we're doomed whatever we do <laughs> it's not helping whatsoever right not time um. for a joke <laughs> <laughs> another thing about this one was that there were a lot of kind of innocent people that were killed i would say um the file clerk i mean he has no say or any decision making when it comes to whether these people are going to be insured or not yeah he's not really a bad person he just took a job uh sergio the fucking janitor like i think his name was sergio i could be wrong about that but the janitor yeah. like what is he he cleans up the fucking toilets like that who gives a shit he's not a bad person guilty by association um, right but that's bullshit that's weak i, I, I can agree. see that but but it's weak from from uh, Jigsaw's perspective, yeah. or coming from Jigsaw, I guess I would say. But now, can we talk about the traps for a second? That oxygen mm-hmm. trap was awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> love that trap. Was. Oh my god, that's, that's the one with the janitor and William, where yes. when William gets taken. Yeah, I guess, I guess the second trap in the film. And what I yep. like about it is, like so far, all the Saw movies, it's people screaming and frantically panicking, and yeah. this one, you have to hold your breath. Right. I was holding my breath at the same time to see if I could actually do it. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I won. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I'm the one that's living and not them. So far, so good for me. But yeah, I thought that was such a cool, such a cool, uh, uh, such a cool trap. I I, I loved that trap. Mm-hmm. And it looked so painful. You know, oh my god! Yeah. Getting squeezed to death. The way he pops. Yeah. At the end. Oh my god. That was fucked up. It was great. I think my favorite one was the steam room. That was just brutal. Oh, the with the lawyer? Yeah. You know, I liked that one, but I thought it was a little disappointing that the uh, kind of the effects weren't more. Like, I wanted the effects to show that 
this steam was hotter than what it showed me. Like I wanted it to be more uh, see, just see, gruesome. I saw burns I and stuff on them. Yeah, see, I, yeah. I, I like the effects, and it, it to me it felt like it was a warm room. I just didn't like the way she attacked him with the saw at they, the end. Yes, I'm like he because I, I think he liked her. Um, I'm pretty sure he would have dug in to get the key. He wasn't she, getting it fast enough. Well, she went all batshit crazy. Well, exactly. She panicked. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of disappointed how that played out at the end, being a rational mm-hmm. attorney and just, you know, trying to kill him with the saw. Um, right. I didn't, honestly, I didn't like that so much, but I thought that trap was cool. But I think the, the, I think the coolest one was actually the next one, the carousel. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, man. beyond a doubt. Yeah. So specifically with that, yeah. What I thought was was so amazing was the uh, emotion of it. So to me, you know, I wrote down that this may be the best scene in the series when it comes to just the real human emotion of it all, because the emotion of choosing who lives and dies was just so well done. The guy at the very last guy, you know, yelling, look at me when you yeah. killing me. And he and then William looking up and then his face was like, oh, my God, he it's ending. His, and then just kind of the silence of it. The oh, it his brilliant. rant when he yes. finds out he's the one that's gonna die. Right. It's probably the best scene in the movie because he's yeah. so funny. Like <laughs> it's pretty funny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just the way he's the way he says his dialogue just made me laugh. You know, even though it's not it's not a funny scene, but. Right. It's so fucking, it's kind of sarcastic at the same time. Like, oh, fuck me. You know, like, just like yeah. oh, I love it. To me, it sounded like a, a British actor trying to put on an American accent, <laughs> yeah. which always bugs me. But frankly, I was so engrossed with it. I did. I wasn't laughing. You know what I mean? Like I was, oh, sure. I was with it, but so, I can see what you're saying. Okay. I definitely noted that. So you're William. Mm-hmm. Who do you save? I mean- there, the, none of them meant anything to any of us because we didn't. We spent no time with them. So I mean, I feel like that it doesn't matter. On our end, the only person who like we even had dialogue was uh, the black man. I don't know his name. The guy from uh, Family Matters. Yes, I thought that was him. That is okay. him. I thought that was him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would save him just because that's the only character who had dialogue, and then the person with the kids. See, I would save the blonde chick, and I would save the chick that had the dark hair. That's who he saved, right? No, no, he, yeah, yeah, he. Uh, oh no, the, I know which the, one. The, the young, the young one with the dark. Yeah, hair. yeah, yeah the young dark-haired one in the blonde, yeah. purely for statistical purposes. Right. <laughs> I, I have. There's no other reason, just because I'm kind. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. <laughs> That's no but the fact that he saved the 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 woman, not the woman with the kids, but the second woman he saved, seemed kind of random to me. I didn't quite get why he was saving her. I don't know either, but right. I know why he did, and I would have no. done the same. <laughs> oh, I love the guy called him. You're so you're pussy whipped. I thought, yep. what, like, what does that have to do with this moment? But okay, even in a time of like extreme stress, it's about right. sex. <laughs> it really <laughs> is, right? Because oh. yeah. I would have done the same thing. So you know what bugged me about this? Is we get the same type of red herring in Saw 6 as we get in Saw 3 with the way that the line is said. 
So the mom said, the boy's like, I don't understand why we're here. And it's the boy from the 100, which is a fantastic series. Ash, did you catch that? Oh, yeah, he is the, yeah. he's the, what's his face? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I can't think of his damn name, but I, I, don't I, know I about, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And, and, and the mom's like, um, uh, oh, the son says, I don't even know why we're here. And the mom says, we're here because of your father. And the way she says it, you're thinking, obviously, this is William's son and, and William's wife. Yeah. Yes. And obviously, that's the red herring. And it's the same red herring that pissed me off in Saw 3 because of, you know, the I want a divorce line, yeah. which makes you think that, you know. Little dipsy doodle. Now, I hated the son in this movie. I don't know why. I just really? I, don't oh. know. I just love him from the 100, so that's probably why I loved him here. Yeah, I, I don't know Great the actor. actor. Um, but I, I didn't like that kid at all. When he, when he clicked on die, I was really hoping he would get a shower. (laughs) (laughs) And even the mom, I'm like, like I just don't like her either. There's something about her. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't like her, Yeah, but I like the boy. I don't know. Again, it could be my past experience with the actor, but Mm -hmm. the one thing that bothered me about the two is they're acting like they had been in there for days mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've only been in there for like an like hour. Minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you guys are that desperate to escape already. I know. Really? That's, that's, <laughs> like, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm like, Oh, you just ate an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> There's another excellent scene with, um, John, the, the scene between John and the doctor, I'm sorry, John and William. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the lines is that was even smoother. As a matter of fact, that was downright slick. It's yeah. just a great line. Yeah. And such a fantastic scene about whether or not, you know, William would cover the experimental cancer treatment. Just ah great scene, it's just I like thought. William is just reading his own script. He said that right. so many other yep, times before exactly. that it really has not like he says it and it's got no meaning to him anymore. He's just, you know, mm-hmm. he's a robot. Yeah. And that's how I feel like through his all these traps and him making these like real life face to face decisions makes him more human. Still, maybe not likable, but just, you know, yeah. he sees the flaws of his ways. Right. Something I, I'm just going through my notes here. Something I wrote down is I'm invested in Mandalore. <laughs> All right, right. That's right. I think I just threw up a little in my mouth. (laughs) At the point where he attacks the other police officers, the FBI agents, like, I'm rooting for Mandalore. Like, like you said, it's like, Jason, you root for the antihero eventually. Yeah. Because this is who you know through these scenes, through these films. And (laughs) if you're not Ash, you root for the (laughs) antihero. And I was rooting for Costas. And that's why I kind of cheered a bit when he saved himself at the end. Yes, Uh, me too. No. It's like no, absolutely it's right. Fucking awful. I thought the way he saved himself was so fucking smart. And it was thank smart. You. It was smart, but it was bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but still, he's got a little wound because now I, I think I remember Saw yeah. Seven's got a bit of a scar. Uh, yep. Yeah, I I was like, yes, more Costas. Now, if you want to be slightly, uh, if you want to, if you want to aim on his IMDb page, then you'll mm-hmm. see Costas Mandalore from Picket Fences from 1992. And then causes Mandalore from 2009 Saw Six. <laughs> it's almost a different person. <laughs> it really is. Oh man! Hey, it happens. If you if you looked at me from 2009 when this film came out, and you looked at me today, it's it's a different person. So. Oh, I, I looked the same like I was three years old, but you know, I yeah. just, I on the beard, right? You know, oh, I couldn't have said that last week, but this week I can. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so. Okay, so what was my next? Um, oh, one thing I thought was strange 
was toward the end, they they kind of revealed that Hoffman put the fingerprints on on the body using Strom's dead hand mm-hmm. as if we didn't already know that, which just felt like a really odd way to show because they're using that same style, the same techniques that they used to, to show the reveals, the twists in the first five films. And so I thought that was really strange because obviously, if you're watching these movies, if you're watching the series, it's obvious, like you know that that's what happened. So I thought it was just a strange way to kind of display Strom or Hoffman using Strom's hand to put the fingerprints on. I thought that was kind of strange. Took me out of it a little bit. Well, maybe they found that the, the storyline got so convoluted that they need to hold the audience by the hand. Yeah, that could be. You know, just because like, again, when I first saw Saw 6, I really did not like it. Yeah. And now I've got a great appreciation for it because we watched them back to back. But back in the day, I didn't. And, uh, the story loses part of its power uh, because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, so I, like I said, I completely forgot about the Amanda storyline, and that was just, <laughs> I wrote like, now that is a fucking twist. Like, forget <laughs> Saw Five, that piece of shit. This is a twist, man. I completely forgot about Amanda. You know uh, the whole her, how she ties into all this, and then right after that. You know, this, it was kind of another sense of rewriting history that this whole franchise is kind of known for, but it works so fucking well. I feel like they, like you said in a couple episodes, they tie things together so well. It makes sense. I like it. Um, and then we get that to us. And then there's another swerve with us finding out, obviously, that that William, his family is, is the reporter, the blonde, who is gorgeous, mm-hmm. not the mom and the son. And so that just threw me off. I was like, oh my God, just twist, twist, twist. And then the ending, oh, it was just this build to the end. It was, it was a fantastic, like final art, uh, final, um, what am I trying to say? Act to this film. I loved that act, that, that final act. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did think it was odd that he went straight to the reporter or William went to the reporter when he discovered both doors opening up and like there's the mom and the son and one on one side and they're pointing yeah. I'm like, what a piece of shit. He went to his <laughs> So I dug that it was his sister, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know what? I think this ending has one of the better endings in recent Saw films. Yeah. Um, it, it actually makes me want more. I can't believe I just said that, yep. but I, like, no, I'm actually excited right. to watch Saw 7. Yeah. I, me too. I wanted to throw it on right after this was done, but I can't because I'll mix up my movies. But yeah, no, I didn't. I I really <laughs> wanted him dead and her walking away to be the ending. That would have been that would have been good Jill, for me. Oh, gosh, Jill's game over was probably my favorite since the original. Yeah, I the way that. it was handled, it was not like a I you know I'm beating you thing. It was just like uh this is just how it has to be. Mm-hmm. Game over. Like I, the way it was said, it was just awesome. I don't know, just closing the door. Um, the the hydrophilic acid at the end, um, when he's literally Williams literally melting away. Oh, that was so gross. And, oh that God, was it pretty, was. That was pretty fucking harsh. Like not yeah. only are you getting stabbed by needles, but mm-hmm. they're pumping an acid into your body directly. Like, see, right. I was thinking it was going to shower down on him. Yeah, and no. Yeah. Oh, God. me too. Yeah. And then there's that line that he says again. Jigsaw says, "The dead will have no claim over your soul, but you." Oh, he's something like, "You think the dead will have no claim over your soul, but you may be mistaken." Just fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. 
so let me give my final thoughts because I'm on a rampage here and I, I love this. You know, I was stunned by Saw 6. It was a thousand times better than I expected. The traps were good. Um, uh, most importantly, though, the story was incredibly engaging and in, in just tense the entire way through. It moved along incredibly quickly. It had such a great pace, um, even though it was a lot of flashback. The gore, again, was at its best in the series, and that seems to be a trend. It keeps getting better with every outing, as one would expect as the years go on. Yeah. And the twists and turns at the end, followed by that final montage of the editing that was done at the end, which makes sense that this was directed by an editor, because it was fucking Cheers. awesome. Um, you know, it just took me on a ride. And this is, is one that I think I actually liked more and appreciated more this time around than my first time because of how immersed I was in the whole series and how much I am right now immersed in this series. Um, the fact that this felt like more of a revenge story than Jigsaw trying to teach anyone a lesson was a bit disappointing, but the rest of the film more than made up for it. So I cannot wait to see how this series ends. I'm genuinely um, excited for it and surprised how much I enjoy enjoyed this film. And I'll say it. This is the best sequel of the Saw franchise Without a doubt. Wow. I'm giving Saw 6 three and a half out of four stars. Wow. That was exhausting and just exhilarating. I'm glad I finally got it out there. I've been waiting an hour and 42 minutes to say it. <laughs> I am glad I was sitting down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm in the bathroom. That way I don't have to run to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Um, Mark, Ash, I don't care who. What, what, final thoughts. Um, well, I think, well, I don't think it was the best sequel. I do think it was a bit better than four or five. Um, for me anyway, uh, <laughs> if, if they just ended it slightly sooner, so, you know, we didn't, maybe we didn't know what happened or, you know, we could guess or something like that. Kind of like, it, kind of like the ending to like the first saw, you know, or some of the other ones where we don't necessarily know what happens to him. You know, we just were left on the hanging on that last nugget. I think it would have been better. Um, and, uh, you know, and then they could just move forward with the sequel, but it, it felt like they played their hand too much to me at the end there. Uh, like, Ooh. you know, it's like, okay, yeah, here's what's happening, you know, and hey, we're going to have a sequel. Yay. It's just like, <laughs> you could have just, you know, left us hanging a little bit. It would have been, I think, a little better. But um, I feel like if they left us hanging, I would have been pissed because then it would have felt more like a TV series that we're going to pick up again next week as opposed to the franchise, which was my big problem with Saw 5. Well, let's see, but that's what they've been doing like this whole time since they started with the other sequels, though. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. It would have felt... I think it would have felt more like the other Saw movies if we hadn't quite had, you know, that there. It, it just felt, I don't know. It was just kind of a letdown to me. Um, so, I don't know. I think I'd, uh, I don't think I'm going to go as, I think I'll go with a three on this one. I, 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 I'm honestly know. surprised from what you've been saying. I expected a lower rating. No, but. no, because it, it, honestly, there was a lot of good, you know, there was a lot of good stuff to it and it didn't feel... Like they, they actually picked some emotion behind the traps. It wasn't just people, you know, there was stuff to it. There was some substance right. to the movie, even though I just didn't like Casas Mandalore. I'm sorry. But <laughs> uh, I the, the rest, I think there was parts to it that made up for it. So Excellent. All right. So what about you, Mark? What are your final thoughts on Saw 6 and your star rating? Um, I liked it. 
I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. Um, Costas's Saw films are slowly pushing the Tobin Bell Saw films to the side <laughs> as uh, uh, as villain of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the thing is, the further you go with this series, like this movie was half flashback just to make the story make sense. <laughs> right. That's why... Like I like it a lot, but I don't love it because it, it's like it's it's putting in extra puzzle pieces that didn't need to be there in the first place. You know that's why I I dug the traps more and William Sterling more in this film than I did a uh, Hoffman's storyline, just because only like a third of it was real time. The rest was all flashy. You know. Um, and actually, that's, was not, it that's not true. It, it's more, it's yeah. more jigsaw. Yeah, but it all ties in, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. Oh, this, it, it, it's, it's so difficult when it comes to, like, the six in a series to really yeah. rate it high, you know? Um, but I'm still going to give it – it's a upon review of the film again, and I watched it twice in 24 hours, I'm giving it a positive review. But it's not the best of this of the sequels. Um, so on my IMDb, I get or on my uh, letterbox, I give it three out of five. So for here, we don't do 0.75. So I'm gonna give it a three to round it up. But I think it's more of a 2.5 to 2.75 out of, than out of three or out of five than than three. Um, and I'll, I'll give you my 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 ranking so far. I, I know you guys haven't done it yet. I, I still yeah, think we'll, we'll do right after yeah. yeah so I still give Saw One the top spot. And wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, you're changing your your list then. No, uh, Saw One was always number one for me. No, not on. I just I, I just I listened to the podcast last week. It was Saw Three number one, and then Saw. It was. Oh, did it give three one five two four last time? Three one five two four. Exactly. Ah, That's what you yeah, said. Yeah. Okay. So in that case, in this, huh, so I'm gonna give it. You can change it, obviously. It's no, just that's what that's what, no, what you said. No, I'm just uh, Elijah Craig. Um, so I'm gonna this time. <laughs> I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it three one five six two four. Oh my god! You put five of okay. Yeah, okay, I, good. I, I liked five more than six. I really oh, did. man. Yeah. So All I'm right. gonna, yeah, I, this is fun. So yeah, I'm gonna give six. The, the thing is though. I find three, one, five, and six grouped really closely together, and and like two and four drop off big time for me. So even though yeah. six is in the fourth spot, it's head above two and head above four. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you mine. So mine would be saw, saw six, okay. saw three, saw two, saw four, saw five, and for me, it's kind of <laughs> like you're saying, but for me, saw, saw six, and saw three are significantly ahead of the final three of two, four, and five. Okay. So, because I just, yeah, I did not like five and at all. But I just find it funny that when we first started this journey together, holding hands, mm-hmm. um, that I <laughs> thought Saw 2 was the best of the series. I know. Boy, I know you did. One. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about you, Ash? What is your, so just to remind you, you had Saw 3, you had Saw 1, 3, 2, Five and four last week. So what would your order be this week with Saw 6 inserted? Uh, Saw 6 would have to fall before 
two and after three. So one, three, six, two, uh, five, and four. One, three, six, two, five, and four. Yeah. It's a good rating. I like how we're like all different. There's not much in the same spot even. Like that's interesting. I'm like four being the last, the, right. the worst, you know? Well, yeah. I, see, even I have, you guys have four as worst. I have five as the worst. Oh, yes, which I, I don't get. So much Hoffman. But exactly. I No, I, no. Saw five had too much Strom. Yeah, you do. He's my least favorite like character in the whole series. Well, have you watched? What? Have you watched Gilmore Girls at all? No, no. I well, I have seen it. I know he's in there. Oh, yeah. yeah, but Man, he's good. I've never watched it. I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, sure. yes, on the Gilmore Girls <laughs> note, that will wrap up our discussion of Saw Six. So next week we conclude. Our Saw series arc with Saw the final chapter. No, no, no. It was Saw 3D. The, the final chapter was the tagline. Uh, right. <laughs> and I'm watching well, this in 3D. I'm totally watching it in 3D. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, because uh, if you look at it on the Wikipedia page and, and, yeah. and then the, what the producer said, Saw 3D was supposed to be the name of it. The final chapter okay. was the tagline. It's just everyone kept putting it as Saw the final chapter when. Yeah, I thought that's what it was. Saw 3D. So make sure you guys check out cinefessions.com for more. Uh, and thank you to everyone for listening to this week's podcast. We really appreciate you as listeners. And, uh, you know, it just really means a lot to us that we can spend some time with you each and every week. So as always, if you liked what you're hearing, make sure you leave a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or something else entirely. Reviews help us get a lot more listeners. And so the more people we can, you know, touch, the better. Mm-hmm. I, I don't no. know if that's a good idea with, with Mark. <laughs> that's a, that's the a good point. Oh, man. Eight arms. <laughs> that's not an arm. Put it away, Mark. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it sweats. Oh, my gosh. You do push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, even, what's, what's really cool is now we have this uh, telephone number set up. And so if you want to be a part of the Cinefessions podcast, all you have to do is give us a call. The number is 302-448-TALK. That's 302-448-8255. 302-448-8255. Leave us your thoughts. If you want us to know about something that we said incorrectly, that we screwed up on, let us know. You can be on the podcast. You can correct us. If there's something you want us to review in the future... Let us know. Call us, 302-448-TALK, and let us know about it. We're really excited to have our first listener call in and, and give us some feedback. So please just leave us a voicemail, 302-448-TALK. I'll leave that number in the show notes as well, because we want you to be a part of the Cinefessions podcast, and this is the best way we know how to go about doing it. So again, if you want to be a part of the podcast, leave us a voicemail. Uh, do know anything you leave on the voicemail, uh, you did give us authority to use on the podcast. So keep that in mind, whether that's good or bad, I guess, is up to you, but... Exactly. It's your it's your consent. So, yeah. If you'd rather send us an email, you can hit us up at contact at cinefessions.com or you can always follow us on Twitter at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. You can follow Mark at Mark underscore Nadu, M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. Or you can follow Ash at D-H-G-F-A-S-H-E, diehard game fan Ash. 
on Twitter. And you can also follow Cinefessions at Cinefessions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So please send us emails, voicemails, voice notes, phone calls. I would love to hear some feedback. Tell me I'm doing well. Tell me that I suck. I respond to all criticism. Actually, that's not true. I won't respond to negative criticism. But I want to hear about it. <laughs> we'll just ignore it like it doesn't I exist. I want to hear about it. If, if, if you mean I'm blocking you. No, I'm kidding. No. But please, I would love to hear if uh, you enjoy the show. If you have questions, comments, please do let us know. I w- yeah, I would love to, to, to hear some, uh, some feedback from you guys. So if you like this show, yeah, absolutely. if you find we can do some improvements, please let us know so we can... Uh, Work on it if need be. Yeah, and do note that is a U.S. telephone number. The 302-448-TALK, that is a U.S. telephone number. So if you are a listener overseas, you probably want to email us instead because I don't know how much money that costs to call overseas. I don't know how that works, but something to keep in mind. So, all right. So that's that for tonight, I guess. Next week, we are going to wrap up the Saw series. And then we're also going to announce what our next podcast arc is going to be, which we are excited about. We're actually, honestly, we're still kind of debating what it is we're going to do. We have a good idea, but we're kind of leaving this week open to decide and, and finalize what it is that we want to do next. So if you guys have any suggestions, something you want to hear about, even if it's just a film you want us to review, let us know. Call us on that voicemail. Send us an email. Contact us in Fessions.com. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely take it into consideration. So, Mark, Ash, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me tonight. Um, I uh, I see that I clearly enjoyed Saw 6 uh, more. But if we take a look at our ranking here, Ash has it as his third film and Mark as his fourth. So, you know, it wasn't bad. No, which is a good it really thing. wasn't bad. You know, yeah, it's just every film can be number one. I'm excited for Ash to see Saw 7, the final one, next week. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on that one. It would so. be so awesome if we can find a way to watch Saw 7 all together and record. <laughs> that would be so, <laughs> you ain't that shit, would be so much would. fun. Probably not to listen to as a podcast. I don't know. But just to have our interactions of our yays or fuck yous, you know. <laughs> fuck you, Hoffman. Oh, it's Fist of the North Star. That's awesome. You know, either or. <laughs> ah, well, pipe dream. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that is that. So I want to thank everyone for listening and we will catch you next time. Yeah.